1: Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD, or congenital heart defect, community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski.
0: Welcome to the third season of Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Our purpose is to empower members of our community with resources, support, and advocacy information. Today we will be talking with two adult congenital heart defect survivors who have decided to spend some of their time lobbying on a hill, which means in Washington, D.C., where our lawmakers gather to make decisions about what laws to pass. Not all lobbying is done in Washington, D.C. Lobbying can occur just about anywhere in your local town with your own local decision makers, in the hospitals that treat our children with congenital heart defects. And for those of us in the United States, it can occur at the state level as well. Why would you lobby decision makers? According to Community Toolbox, there are five reasons. One, because you have a point of view and you think it is correct. 2. Because some other decision maker and not you has the power to turn that point of view into policy and make it a reality. 3. Because you believe that that decision maker is not as well informed as you on this particular issue. 4. Because you also believe that if you advise that decision maker effectively, it will increase the chances that he or she will decide in your favor. And five, because you believe that if the right decision is made, both you and the community will benefit. Those are the five reasons why you might lobby decision makers. There are a number of ways that you can lobby decision makers, from writing letters or emails to doing what our guests have done, actually going to the place where decision makers work and talking to them there. Why is it important for the congenital heart defect community or CHD community to lobby our lawmakers? I think the biggest reason why is because CHDs are the number one birth defect, and yet research to cure or prevent CHDs is horribly underfunded. Our population is underserved by the people we vote into office. Many of these people are good people. Some have even been touched by CHDs, but because CHDs are a hidden birth defect, it's easy to overlook. By lobbying, especially in an organized group, we can make a powerful statement which can change laws, provide funding for research, and ultimately save lives. This is why our topic today, ACHDers on the Hill, is so important. To discuss this topic today are CHD survivors, Michael Pernick and John Richings, Jr. Michael Pernick, 26 years of age, was born with Tetralogy of Fallot and has had three surgeries, most recently a valve replacement in 2011. Several months after his valve repair, he was hospitalized with an infection in his heart, and while recovering, learned about Adult Congenital Heart Association, or the ACHA, and began to get involved in the community. Today, Michael is a heart-to-heart ambassador with ACHA, and he also writes for the ACHA blog and participates in the annual Congenital Heart Lobby Day. Michael grew up on Long Island and spent several years managing political campaigns and issue advocacy campaigns in New York, Connecticut, and Boston. He is currently in his final year of law school at New York University and looks forward to continuing to put his political and legal background to good use, supporting the congenital heart defect community. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Michael.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you are here and able to talk to us today. I know how busy you are, so thank you for making time in your schedule to talk with us.
2: Of course, it's a real privilege to be here, and I'm really excited to get to have a good conversation about CHD advocacy.
0: Me too. First of all, I want to know, what is a Heart to Heart Ambassador?
2: Sure. Well, a Heart to Heart Ambassador is trained to provide peer support and peer education to other people with CHDs. We're matched with people, often folks who might share our condition or might have something in common with us, and we provide emotional support and we serve as someone to talk to or become pen pals with. Now, we don't provide medical advice, but we are a sounding board, and we are somebody that they can go to when they're going through an operation or recovering, and provide some much-needed emotional support for folks. We are trained. There's an intensive training program for all new ambassadors, and we have monthly check-ins and regular discussion about the people that we work with and speak with. And we also serve as, as spokespeople about CHDs, really try and spread the word about the importance of having the right lifelong care. I'm sure that you know that only about 10% of adults with CHDs are seeing the right doctor or seeing specialists who treat adults in particular with CHDs. And many people, they age out of the pediatric system and then they get lost in the mix. So our role, I think, is really important, not only to provide support to individuals, but to also spread awareness about the importance of seeing the right doctor and taking care of yourself throughout your entire life.
0: That sounds wonderful. I know that I've read studies recently that have talked about how adults get lost to care. And I think a lot of the problem has been that insurance has been difficult or impossible to get. Now, with Obamacare, we're hopeful that that won't be the case any longer. But it's so expensive that sometimes that makes it impossible for people to get. It's expensive to have a congenital heart defect. (laughs) When you go to see a pediatric cardiologist or some of the other specialists that you may need to see, it's expensive. But I'm hoping that as we spread awareness and let people know that when you're born with a congenital heart defect, unless it's a kind of congenital heart defect that resolves itself like a small hole that will close on its own, if you have a heart defect that requires surgery, you probably need lifelong care.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so important, and, and I think that every little bit helps, and I think that this show is a big piece of that.
0: Well, thank you. I think having other adults talk to them, it's one thing to have nurses or doctors talk to you, but when you get a chance to talk to an ambassador who has been through what you've been through, I think it probably makes more of an impact on them. And it also lets them know the one thing that I think is so critical, and that is that you're not alone. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I never met somebody mm-hmm. to- the hospital that um, also had a congenital heart defect until I first got involved. It wasn't until I was 21 or 22 that I met my first fellow chd out in the real world. So it was really quite an experience, life-changing for me.
0: Isn't that amazing? Here, this is the number one birth defect, and yet I hear this over and over again. In fact, just recently I was talking to a woman who was born in the 1940s, and she was much older, believe it or not, even older than you, when she met her first person who had the same heart defect that she did and when she got to meet her in person that was really really exciting and I think it's thanks to the internet that we do have more people who are hooking up with others who have the same heart defect as them so I'm glad that you were able to find somebody even if you were in your 20s now I think with you being an ambassador especially you have a lot of friends who have heart defects don't you
2: Absolutely. It's, it's been really an exciting few years to get to meet so many wonderful people that have been through really incredible things and I think have come through stronger as a result of it.
0: Oh, I think so too. Well, looking at your bio, I was impressed with your background in politics and government and law. Do you think it's necessary to have that kind of background to be a lobbyist?
2: Absolutely not. I can't be emphatic enough about that. The most important thing about being an effective advocate is being able to tell a great story, and every single person who's gone through surgeries, who's had corrective surgeries, they have an incredible, incredible, sometimes traumatic story that they can tell. That's very, very moving. These folks on the Hill, they see professional lobbyists every single day who are getting paid to be there, who have a job, who go in and to try and pitch them or sell them on some idea. What they don't see every day is somebody with a personal moving story, and that's what makes such a big impact. When we go down to D.C. every year, the CHD community, we do things a little bit differently from other advocacy organizations, even health-focused advocacy organizations, because we don't just have a doctor or a lobbyist or a patient going in, but we bring a team, whenever we're able to, with a doctor and a patient and a family member who would sit down with a member of Congress or sit down with the staffer and tell the story of congenital heart defects from multiple different angles. And when you have the doctor explain the medical background and how the science has progressed and how there's now more people living into adulthood, but we don't have the resources to track them and to understand what's happening. And then you hear from a child or from an adult or from a parent Who had a child that suffered from a CHD and tell their story? Just the contrast and having the multiple perspectives is so, so important. And as somebody with a background in this stuff, I know it works. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I know that it works. And when you have a real story, that's the thing that the staffer goes back and talks to the member of Congress about. That's the thing that the member of Congress, when they're having their caucus meeting, brings up and says, this needs to be a priority when we're determining how to dole out funds or what our priorities will be for the next big law that we're going to pass. So it works. And what's most important is that we have real people telling real stories. And that's something that everybody that's part of this community can absolutely do.
0: Oh, I agree with you 100%. When I got a chance to meet you a couple of years ago, when we were at the lobby day together, what I loved was they split us all into our own states. Everybody went and sat with other people from their state or neighboring states. And then we went and talked specifically to our lawmakers from our states. And I think that was very effective. And I took my older son, who does not have a congenital heart defect, but his story is an important story to hear as well. And so he told what it was like to be the sibling of a child with a congenital heart defect, and I think that the staffer that we talked to was very moved by Joey's story. So I think you're right. I think all of us who are members of the congenital heart defect community, whether we're doctors, nurses, techs, parents, grandparents, siblings, and especially the adults themselves, and even the kids themselves, we all have stories to share, and I think you're right, because the stories come from the heart, no pun intended, (laughs) I think it makes more of an impact than these people who are paid to be lobbyists. So I agree with you 100%. So tell me, when was the first CHD Lobby Day that you participated in and how did it make you feel?
2: Oh, It was a few years ago, I think three or four years ago. And the reason that I love Lobby Day is you have a chance to have transformational impact. There's an expression, one small pebble can start an avalanche. And when you're down in D.C., even in your own district, talking to an elected leader or their staff, you can be that pebble that can start an avalanche, that can create a new program or help push for funding for new research or, or tracking or surveillance. And I think the message that we have to tell them is really, really important. That this is something that matters. It matters on a deeply personal level, but it also affects so many people. I think you said 110 babies are born with a CHD now today. Roughly 90 percent are surviving into adulthood, which is really incredible because of the progress that we made, but there's complications as we grow older, and we have personal stories that tell that, and that's why it's so important to go in and connect with these leaders, connect with their staff, and tell your story.
0: So what message do you think lawmakers need to hear, Michael?
2: Well, I think they need to hear why this is different from other diseases and also different from other priorities and something where even a little bit of an emphasis and focus from them can really save lives and can transform lives. We're in a new age when it comes to CHDs because now the vast majority, as I said, are surviving into adulthood. For the first time, we have more adults living with CHDs than children. And the progress that we've made for pediatric care is truly incredible, but we have some catching up to do when it comes to supporting those children as they go through puberty, as they hit adolescence, as they become adults, Because that's where we really have had a lack of advocacy, a lack of support, a lack of research, a lack of tracking and surveillance. We have estimates that there are right now 2 to 3 million Americans living with a CHD. But we don't really know if the number is 2 million or 3 million or somewhere in the middle because we haven't been tracking people as they get older. And it's not only the number, but it's knowing what happens as they age. What are the common complications? What are the common issues that people face? And getting that information is so important and something that our leaders can really, really play a critical role in because they're in a position to fund and create programs to track people across the country. So that's the message that I think is really important, funding for more research, funding for more awareness programs, really, really important. And that's something that we are all uniquely able to do because we have such important personal stories that we can tell.
0: That's wonderful. That's absolutely on target. Why don't you tell me what advice you would give to others who are in the CHD community who have never taken part in a lobby day and maybe are nervous about telling their story? What advice would you give them about actually getting involved like you have?
2: Sure. Well, I think that it's no different than sitting down with a friend, sitting down with an acquaintance and telling them what happened to you. And then you need to take that personal story that you can share with somebody and connect it to something that matters. I think that the best conversation with an elected official or a staffer really has two parts. One is to make it personal and tell your story, and two, to have specific asks. So the asks change depending on the specific state of legislation and what the priorities are. Last year, the big ask was to increase funding for the Congenital Heart Futures Act, and that's a program that funded three pilot programs to research, do surveillance, and tracking of people as they Go through adolescence and enter adulthood, and adults that are aging with CHDs to get us some of that information that we really need. And I think that folks that have never done this before, it sounds scary. I mean, it sounds really scary that you're going to be sitting down with important people that will be making important decisions, but they're no different than us. And they're just looking to learn and get some information that can help them go do their job. And we're providing them with a really, really valuable resource when we give them that information that they need. So I think the most important thing to remember is just be relaxed, be calm, and know that having a really good conversation can be really impactful. There's tremendous resources, and if you come to Lobby Day, there'll be extensive trainings. We'll do practice simulations before we go, so you can practice telling your story and practice going through the talking points. So it's not like you'll be going in cold. If you want to see some of the issues that we've dealt with, there's an advocacy toolkit available on the ACHA website that talks about some of the big legislative priorities. So I think it's something that everybody can do and everybody should do. And it might sound scary at first, but after you do it once, you'll know that it's easy and fun and a really great way to make an impact in a very broad manner.
0: I agree with you. And I think what you said is so important. You aren't going in alone. You aren't going in unprepared. I like the way that you described that. And also, we do practice with one another. We do go through some training so that you don't feel unprepared when you actually do go meet with the staffer or with the lawmaker himself or herself. Thank you, Michael. You just explained everything, and you actually made it sound fun and easy. Happy to help. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but don't leave yet, because up next we will have another adult congenital heart defect survivor who has also been an advocate for the CHD community. Find out what he's done and what he still hopes to do when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna.
1: The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more.
0: Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we are talking with CHD survivors Michael Pernick and John Richings, Jr. John Richings, Jr. is a 43-year-old father who was born with pulmonary atresia and a hypoplastic right ventricle. He has had three open heart surgeries, the last one ending a decade of living in right heart failure. John lives with an implantable cardioverter defibrillator, or ICD, to control ventricular tachycardia, and he is 100% paced. He currently lives with no restrictions and enjoys spending his free time hiking, kayaking, and playing in two ukulele groups. John worked for 20 years in retail. After his last surgery in 2012, he decided to switch gears and go back to school full-time. With a lifetime of experience advocating for himself, he hopes one day to become a patient advocate to help other people navigating the medical community. He currently writes a bi-monthly blog for the ACHI, or the Adult Congenital Heart Association. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, John.
3: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Anna.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you back. For those of you who are loyal Heart to Heart with Anna listeners, you may remember that I had John on a show in our first season. So I'm happy to have you back in Season 3, John.
3: Thank you. I enjoyed the first time, and I'm sure I'll enjoy this one as well.
0: I know. This time we get to be together with Michael. And all three of us were in Washington, D.C. at the same time a couple years ago. So I thought it would be fun for us all to be together today. And I forgot to mention in my opening Today in the United States is Election Day. So how appropriate for us to be talking about lobbying Congress when this show is being broadcast on Election Day. It seems perfect. Yeah. Well, John, it looks like you've had to be an advocate for yourself for a long time. And I was wondering what the first time was when you attended Congenital Heart Defect Lobby Day or some kind of awareness day for congenital heart defects and why you got involved.
3: Well, the first time I attended was a couple years ago when I met you and Michael. That was the first time I ever went, and it was about six months after my last surgery. And I went because in the period before my surgery, I'd become more involved with the CHD community, and I felt it was important to get out there and just to make sure that people knew about CHD and knew some of the facts about it. And so I thought I should go out and at least participate and get the word out, basically.
0: Well, I know that before I met you in Washington, D.C., you and I were Facebook friends, and so we were part of the CHD community online, especially on Facebook. Is that what helped to get you more involved in the CHD community?
3: Yeah. Like Michael, for most of my life, I'd met a few people with CHD, but I was not really part of the CHD community or didn't feel that I belonged to a, a particular community. So for me, finding an adult congenital Facebook group and meeting all these people online and then through that group meeting other people in other groups, for me, I didn't really realize until later on in my life that there's a huge population of people out there that have congenital heart defect and and some of them are worse off than me, some of them are better off than me, but we all share similar stories and similar feelings and have gone through similar things and it's kind of nice to have somebody that you can talk to that understands that that understands those mm-hmm. those feelings and what's been going on and so yeah becoming part of the CHD community and that's so why I went down to advocacy day I felt like I needed to participate and speak up for all these people that legislators don't really know about
2: right it's, it's part right. of it's
3: it's part of the population that 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 doesn't really get heard very often. And so Advocacy Day is a perfect time to go and speak to them and let them know, hey, we're here. We vote. There's a lot of us. And Mm -hmm. you need to take care of us if you want us to vote for you kind of thing.
0: Right. Well, because they work for us. But they won't be working for us unless we tell them what we want them to do. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And they need to know exactly. what's important to their constituents. And by us going and sharing our stories, then we can have a chance to make a difference and to make the impact like what Michael was talking about. When you and I met, and Michael, at the ACHA Lobby Day, we did practice telling our stories and writing our stories. And we likened it to having elevator speeches, because you never know when you're walking around in Washington, D.C., where you're going to meet somebody. And you might only have a minute or two to tell your story. And yet, in just a minute, you can make a really strong impression on somebody. So I was wondering what advice you could give to other ACHDers regarding creating their own elevator speech.
3: All right. So an elevator speech is basically a shortened version of your story, one to three minutes depending on the situation. What I found helpful when I've done it is to sit down and just write your story out like you would tell somebody and then go over and pick out the highlights and get rid of all the technical jargon and the acronyms and all the stuff that we as CHDers, when we're communicating with each other, we use that stuff because we all understand it. But somebody who has no idea what CHD is, they're not going to understand what PA means or TOF or, Mm -hmm. you know, HLHS or or they don't understand Mm -hmm. those acronyms and they may not even understand basic medical jargon. So Mm -hmm. you have to get rid of that jargon and then pick the highlights. You can't go into a lot of detail. You pick out the highlights. I've had this many surgeries my last surgery was two years ago or on this date and you have to pick out the highlights and then essentially you build your story around that and you make it a quick conversational sounding this is what's happened to me and then your story so that's what I did I wrote it out and then I picked out the highlights put them down and then kind of built around those
0: Mm -hmm. that sounds good that sounds like good advice I was wondering if you could tell me other ways that you have been an advocate in the CHD community because I read in your bio that you also write a blog for the ACHA. So can you tell us a little bit about other ways that you have been an advocate for the congenital heart defect community?
3: Well, besides ACHA and the blog that I write for them and the Advocacy Day, you can always write your senators and representatives. If you can't get to the Hill to see them, They all have offices within the state that you can go to to see them in. So although I haven't gone to see them in my state, I have written letters every year. Mm -hmm. And also I run a couple Facebook groups for CHD. One, CHD athletes for adults with CHD that want to stay healthy through exercise and nutrition. And we kind of help each other out encourage each other when we're not doing so well and that kind of thing. And then one called Adult CHD Patients, Answering CHD Parents' Questions for parents that have CHD kids. And we have about 300 adults, yeah, 300 adults with different (laughs) CHDs, and so we can sort of match parents up with adults that have the same condition as their kid. And, you know, again, like Michael said, it's not a medical advice, it's more like, were you made fun of when you were a kid because of your scars, or how did you deal with not being able to keep up with other kids, and... Mm-hmm. personal stories and, and to sort of help coach parents through help their kids grow up with CHD and what worked for you and what didn't work for you as a kid when you were growing up so you can kind of give that advice back to the parents. So mm-hmm. those are the two big ones that I really stay on top of every day.
0: Right, and what I love about that is that is a form of advocacy. It's not just about writing letters to your congressman or going and visiting them in person. It's about empowering through education everybody who's a member of the community and informing those parents what it was like for you as a kid, what they can expect for their own children, how they can help their children to be empowered so they can stand up for themselves or so they can deal with whatever situation they're having to deal with. That is also a form of advocacy. And by informing them about all this, it builds a sense of community. I mean, I have friends on the Internet who I've never had a chance to meet face-to-face, but I still consider them my friends. I pray for their children. They pray for us. It's building that sense of community is what makes it easier for us to all go lobby together, don't you think?
3: Yeah, well, what I like about it is I feel like I'm giving... Some of these parents hope and some of the people that join our group are people that are six months pregnant and they found out their child has a chd or mm-hmm. eight months so their child hasn't even been born yet and they've been told that their child has a chd which just goes to the credit of our science that we can find that mm-hmm. stuff out now and be prepared for it when the child comes as opposed to having it be a surprise right. uh, i'm able to give parents hope that their children can grow up and live full lives
0: Right. That's what we hope for all of our children. And I think that groups like yours do that very thing that you're hoping that you do. I do think you provide hope, encouragement, education. You're doing so much for those families. And we do build a sense of community. So when we go on a hill... We have friends. You're not going with a bunch of strangers. You're going with people that you've probably talked to before, or if not, Um, it doesn't take long to become friends once uh, you're sitting there with your stories together and helping each other out. Well, thank you so much. I loved everything that you said that you're doing, and I need to take a quick commercial break, but don't leave, because when we come back, we'll have John and Michael and myself all in the studio together, and we'll see what parting words of advice these gentlemen have for us when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna.
1: Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today.
0: Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today, we are talking with CHD survivors, Michael Pernick and John Richings, Jr., and I want to thank both of my guests, Michael and John. You guys have been awesome. I love what you have shared. I think you have empowered members of our community who are listening to our show and given them some really concrete ways that they can turn their own stories into advocacy moments and into moments where they can reach out to other people and help make a change in their world, So thank you, John and Michael.
3: Oh, you're welcome, Anna.
0: Well, these topics are really, really important. And one of the reasons they're so important is what Michael and John have been talking about, how we do have a large community out there and we don't have enough money to do all the things that we need to do. I love how Michael was even able to articulate some of the different issues that we have brought before our lawmakers. And that's what I'd like to talk about right now with these two gentlemen is what law or topic do you think is most important for us to address right now with our lawmakers and and how do we go about doing it? And Michael, I'll start with you.
2: Sure. Well, Anna, I think you hit the nail on the head a little while ago when you described genital heart defects as a hidden disease. And I think that's really true. And I think that's one of the reasons why it hasn't gotten as much support. And there hasn't been as much advocacy in support of CHDs as other very serious diseases. I pulled up some statistics while we were on commercial break. Diabetes organizations, they spend $65 per patient across the country on advocacy every year. Autism organizations spend about twenty dollars per patient each year. Cystic fibrosis is extremely well funded. They have over thirteen thousand dollars that they spend on each patient in terms of advocacy and support each year. CHDs, a dollar and sixty five cents each year. And I think there's a lot of reasons for this. Unbelievable yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for this unbelievable differential. Part of it is because it's new. Thirty years ago People weren't surviving into adulthood. There weren't many, many adults across the country, millions across the country, that were living with CHDs. So it's really amazing that we've come as far as we have, even in the last decade or so, and we've had the victories that we have, and we know that advocacy works. It's because of the people that have gone down to D.C. for the last five years that we were able to get the Congenital Heart Futures Act passed as part of the Obamacare reform. And what's even more incredible is we were able to increase the funding levels... Even while the rest of the government was cutting funding and going through what's called an era of austerity, where they're cutting back on spending, we were able to increase the funding to the Congenital Heart Futures Act. But it's still just a drop in the bucket. And I want to reemphasize something that John just mentioned. It's really easy, and you don't have to come to D.C. We'll be having the next lobby day on February 25th and 26th, 2015. And if you're interested, you should go to the ACHA website and sign up as a member. It's free to sign up as a member, and you'll get all of the email updates about the lobby day that's coming up or advocacy day that's coming up in in just a few months. But if you can't make it to D.C., there's going to be an office for your member of Congress in your district, just Mm -hmm. a few miles from where you live, everywhere in the country. And it's so easy to give them a call, say you'd like to talk to them about congenital heart defects, and set up a time to go in or talk to them over the phone about your story. And that's such an easy step that you can take to have that personal touch to really have an impact. And we know it works. We know it makes a difference. And it's something that I really hope everybody gets involved with.
0: That's great. And John?
2: I think we need to keep pushing for the Heart Futures Act. I think
3: it's basically tracking. What's happened in the past is kids were born with a congenital heart defect. They were tracked until they reached 18. At that point, tracking stopped. They stopped going to their pediatric cardiologist. They were quote unquote fixed, which we know now is not true. You're not fixed. It's not Mm -hmm. 100%. You probably will have complications later on down the road and you need to be followed and managed. And so the Heart Futures Act lets that happen. So now once you become 18, you're no longer lost. You continue to Mm -hmm. be tracked. Hopefully most of our adult congenital heart doctors now are pediatric cardiologists that are now seeing adults. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you could even stay in the same program that you were in. You reach 18, you stay in the same program, and they continue to see you in the office throughout. And now they have a new specialty they put into place a couple years ago for adult congenital heart physicians, so you'll actually be able to see an adult congenital cardiologist and hopefully we'll see some training for that. But what it's going to allow us to do is basically track these people and see what kinds of issues they have as they get older. Because right now, because there's such a small percentage of adults out there with congenital heart defects that actually get to congenital heart doctors, that see adults, we really don't have a good grasp of what the common problems are and to make it even more complicated congenital heart defects are so varied that Mm -hmm. like Michael and I have different defects what he's going to experience at 40 is not the same as what I'm experiencing now because we have different defects so it's not just what we're all going to experience it's what's going on with different defects, and that tracking is going to allow us to figure that out and make sure people are getting the help that they need. I think that's the important thing to push for going forward and to get more money for it because in reality, we've gotten the money, we've raised the amount of money that they're allowing. Comparatively, it's a drop in the bucket. It's not enough. We need more money to fund that and continue to move it forward and continue to develop it. So, like Michael said, you can go to the ACHA website. They have a toolkit for advocacy. They'll tell you what they're pushing for, and you can add that in to a letter to your congressman or senator. You can go visit them at their office if you can't make it to Advocacy Day. Although I will tell you, if you go to Advocacy Day, you're going to have an absolute blast. People get nervous and but it is so much fun. It's mm-hmm. not just fun going, I mean, it's fun going to talk to the centers and everything, but just to meet people like you and I, Anna, where we had talked, we had known each other through the internet, but we'd never met. To get to meet them face to face and sit down and have a conversation that's not obstructed by that computer screen, it's just wonderful. <laughs> and and yeah. it, it's a great experience. It's really something you should do at least once. If your life has been touched by CHD, you should do it at least once in your life.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And both you and I went. I can't wait to go back. I wasn't able to go this last year, but I now have the date on my calendar because Michael gave it to us (laughs) on the air. So thank you for doing that, Michael. And I hope that I will see both of you gentlemen there.
2: (laughs) I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Gentlemen, you were amazing. And I can't believe we're out of time already, but we are. So that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Please come back next week when we will have our show on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Until then, please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow our radio show. And remember, my friends, you are not alone.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week.